0: The Lean Berets reporting for duty. Fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your carrots. You're about to enter the Lean Berets throwdown zone. The hard rock of fitness and food. We are Avengers of Health. Hide the donuts. You're listening to the Lean Berets radio show at theleanberets.com. Welcome, Berets. I'm Ron Jones with Army McGuire in Redondo Beach from the Lean Berets. we got a great show today on Indian clubs and old strength training and just all kinds of historical philosophical information that should be inspiring to people. So welcome Army de Lean Berets. Thanks a lot. We've been wanting to do this show for uh, probably a couple years. <laughs> but you've been busy. You've been busy working on uh, what I think is, you know, some of the best Indian clubs out there made of beautiful wood. And you can talk a little bit about uh, the process of putting all that together. But uh, to give you a little background, I'm the founder, of Liam Bres. I'm a kinesiologist, corporate well coach, professionally, and one of the things I got into a couple of years ago was the Indian clubs, and they kind of look like bowling pins, but there's a rich history of them. And I was struggling to find someone that actually knew what to do with them or how to train me. And I was fortunate enough to run into Army McGuire at an event that uh, one of our friends, Mike Krivka, put together a couple of years ago at the EnSanto Martial Arts Academy here in Los Angeles. And he invited me over to learn, and I was there within a week, and, and uh, we've developed a good friendship. But the thing that came out of that is I've been able to bring the clubs into corporate wellness, and it's just been an amazing tool to have at our disposal to help people with shoulder rehab and and a little bit of brain fitness too. So that's kind of my thing with the clubs. I have studied uh, quite a bit with Army, and I've spent some time with uh, Ed Thomas in Iowa. So those are the two guys that have influenced me, but definitely spent way more time with Army uh and i like how you use the clubs uh a couple things about army's style They're very simple he breaks everything down and everything has a real practical purpose in terms of uh you know martial arts or self defense if you want to call it so thanks again for being here army you're you're pretty well-read guy when it comes to club history for sure
1: well thank you ron i appreciate it uh, i thank you for having me and for being here we finally met up and uh I'll try my best to explain anything that I possibly can or share with your audience uh, what the clubs do, how the clubs are made, and any questions on the. particularly one of the biggest things that people ask me all the time is when they're starting out, what sizes to use, how many repetitions to do, why is it so much better than this or that, so I'll try to address all that.
0: Yeah, and you know, they're very deceiving because... You look at them, and and the small clubs generally weigh about one pound each, and of course, if you're the typical male, you want to go in there and grab the heaviest thing you can and try to muscle through it. But, you know, all the guys that I've talked to that really know the clubs, whether it's army or, or other folks, say, you know, you really need to start light and master those those five step movements as you would describe them.
1: Yeah, I learned originally. Way back when, I don't know, pr- at least 15 years ago when I first got into this, I was doing a lot of research on catches, catch can wrestling, which is an old style form. It's a precursor, so sort to of speak, to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and all that sort of thing, and uh, MMA and all that. And I, as I was doing research, I just kept stumbling over, if you will. I went to the Library of Congress, looked at over 400 different volumes or books on exercise, uh, wrestling. All that sort of thing. And the clubs are always in the background. The clubs are always in these old gyms. And I was really curious how much value there was. There's an old expression, they say, everybody knows the price, few people know the value. Mm-hmm, well, yeah. the bottom line was as I began to ask more and more or different individuals that were showing me this wrestling, and as I did research into India and Persia and whatever, the the they call it Kushti is what wrestling's called. Everybody was doing the clubs, and they weren't just the small clubs. They were doing really, really large clubs. I originally purchased one of Ed Thomas's DVDs way back then and looked at it. But again, my interest was in building even stronger shoulders, muscle, endurance. And the small clubs are great to start with. They're fabulous. But when you want to really build the shoulders for wrestling or throwing a baseball or swinging a golf club or doing whatever – you then begin to see the value in the heavier and heavier clubs. So starting off one to two pounds is about right for anybody. I don't care if you're a power lifter. I've got a lot of people come to my home. These guys will, well, how heavy is that club? I want the heavy ones. And I'm like, guys, you don't want the heavy. (laughs)
0: Trust me, man. You don't want to start with the heavy.
1: (laughs) When I began to learn all this, I even made them, and you can try this yourselves. You know, I'm not just here to pitch products. I'm here to try to share with people what I did and what, if they have any interest in this whatsoever and want to begin to start the exercise, I suggest even getting a couple small baseball bats or getting a small fishing, they call them fishing bats. You knock fish out with or tired thumpers and play with that just to see if you can get um, the movements down and and see if you enjoy it before you start to invest in the product. I used for 10 pound bats, I would go to Walmart or Kmart and buy those big, we've all seen them, we just may not remember that we did. Every single large sporting goods store sells them, as well as Walmart, Kmart, Target, these plastic children's bats. Right. And I would fill them with sand, drill a little hole in the end, fill them with just regular sand, Mm -hmm. and then I would glue the ends or tape the ends with duct tape and swing those, and they usually weigh about 10 pounds each. Mm -hmm. Before you start to invest in the wooden ones, there are people that sell steel clubs out there, but as Ron and I've discussed many, many times, it's not neutral. The steel is cold in your hand, and the the wooden actually just feels so much more natural, comfortable. They have a friendlier feel, I believe.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's important for lean berets because we're you know, our thing is to try to inspire people to actually do something, whether it's eating better or exercising in a real simple ways. So if you think about the, the difference between a plastic club and a metal club and a wood club. What I have found with just regular people that have no experience using them at all, they're very attracted to the the organic uh, appeal of the wood. It's it's pretty. It, it, uh, the A lot of people like the craftsmanship involved. Yeah, absolutely. And then they, they want to go pick it up where, you know, maybe a metal kettlebell can be a little intimidating to some people, safe or dangerous, as you would say. Yeah, well, yeah. another
1: thing you're going to find, too, is when you come to my home, and you're welcome to come anytime, anybody— uh, when they come to my house, immediately they walk in, and the first thing they see is a little Buddha sitting on the floor, and there's four sets of clubs, large, <laughs> large clubs, one pound, two pound, uh, three pound, you know, or, or you know, ten or twenty. But they, they you know, they say, they all comment on how beautiful the workmanship is in the clubs. I take a lot of time and pride in producing something that I myself would have in my own home. I don't have any kettlebells in my living room. I do have a number (laughs) of sets of clubs, and the people that that acquire my clubs, they'll often say to me, yeah, I leave them in the living room with that, and if you want them in your study. I I recently left a pair with uh, a dentist, and I went back, and sure enough, he's got them in his dental office up on the bookshelf. You
0: know, it's funny you said that, because I just thought that when you walk into my home and you walk into the entryway, before you even get out of the entryway, there's a pair of your clubs.
1: <laughs> well, you, again, there, a lot of people, if you want to acquire clubs other than from someone like myself, there's nobody else that I know of. There's only one or two companies making wooden clubs. What I did was I collected or procured as many different shapes as I could. And I, you've got to remember, I went back and I did a research. I, looked, I went to the Library of Congress. I lo- went to the Asian Studies section. And I researched, I looked up most of the books that are there on Indian wrestling or any kind of Indian exercise were written in English. So you, that's if they're in the standard Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. You have to go to the Asian section to find the Asian books that are written in Hindi or Sanskrit. Mm. And actually they're all on microfilm. Okay. So I copied all of those. I've got all these books at home. And... uh, tried to duplicate to the best that I could the original styles, the original shapes that people were using.
0: Now, here's another thing you might want to mention. Uh, depending on who you read, they, they say the clubs have been around two to 5,000 years. What's your opinion of about what, what, their existence?
1: Well, again, we can only give an opinion, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like religion, mm-hmm. you know, trying to say which is the best or which is the oldest or which is... The, I mean, honestly, who knows? Every... Even with anthropology, every seems like every few months they're discovering a new bone in a different continent and saying, oh, my God, we have to rethink all this. Right. But let's be honest. The Hindi religion, Hindu religion, goes back 5,000 years. Some say six. It's the oldest religion on the planet. Mm-hmm. The second oldest religion, or the oldest religion by a prophet is Zoroastrian, and that's from Persia. Instead of de- de- separating, if you will, Indian and Persian, I like to always use an expression, look at the similarities, not the differences. Mm -hmm. So instead of... Because when you start to... There's a prejudice, a confirmation bias by the Persians to say, oh, we're the oldest. These go back 3,000 years. I say, can you prove it? Mm -hmm. Well, we've been doing this. And I said, but that's not what I asked. Can you prove it? Mm -hmm. And they really can't. Mm You know, Certainly we can't read Farsi, so it wouldn't do us much good anyway. But what I've discovered is that they're really cousins of each other. Okay. And the clubs were born out of warring arts, that is, swinging a mace. They call it a Gors in Persia. They call it a Gada in India. But now remember, there's many, many different dialects in India. But this was carried by the god, the deity, Hanuman. Hanuman's the monkey god. So he was always carrying this mace that was used so... The Hindus or the Hindis that I've spoken to l- look at this exercise. They revere it, actually. It's not just I'm going to CrossFit or I'm going to 24-hour fitness or I'm going to go do this.
0: I'm going to go work out and yeah, burn yeah, yeah. calories. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, <laughs> they tie it, both the Persians and the that I've talked to. And by the way, here in Los Angeles, I live in Redondo Beach, California, but here in Los Angeles, we have the largest group of Persian descent people outside of iran really i didn't know that in the whole in the whole world not just in the united states oh wow so there's a huge persian community here and so i went and spoke to as many of these guys as i possibly could hung out with them went to their homes swung clubs with them learned every facet of this that i possibly could i cannot read farsi but i tried to Read as much as I possibly could on this. And what's very interesting about it is they, a lot of them, again, it's passed down. Mm -hmm. They don't really know the real history. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, it's old. Mm -hmm. The earliest graphics I found are about the 1700s, Mm -hmm. as with the Gata also. Now I'm talking about organizing this as a group exercise. Okay. Not just this implement existed. Right. But as an example. When you're dealing with the Persians, they use a big heavy shield called a sang. They use the clubs also. But again, it isn't one... See, what we're seeing on YouTube today and what we're seeing on the internet is a guy swinging an implement, one thing. Oh, he swings the clubs. Mm -hmm. That's not what they did. It was sort of like CrossFit of old, if you will. Yeah, they used
0: a lot of different implements.
1: Absolutely. So they did push-ups. They did warm-ups. They Mm -hmm. did a calisthenic, kind of like jumping jacks and... Mm -hmm. Moving their arms, they also did running in place in a circle. Mm-hmm. They also did um, a whirling dervish sort of spin that was t- to teach proprioception and to wield the sword. Mm-hmm. They also did pushups on a Shenna. they call it a Shenna talkti. it's a it's a it's a board. The Indians do the same thing as the Persians. They do the spinning. They do the squats. They do the, you know, all these, the same things. They use a bow. It's called a kaboday in Persia. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy iron steel bow, 50 pounds or 25 pounds. I've got one here. And it's um
0: it's swung above the head, moved back and forth side to side. By the way, some of these things Armie's discussing, uh, you'll probably never see, but I've I've actually seen them. He's got a fascinating collection, not only of clubs. I mean, you've got the most extensive collection of clubs I've ever seen personally, but... You've got some fascinating um, artifacts, if you will, from these Persian people that you've hung out with.
1: It's so hard to find these things. Like when I started making the clubs myself, I was fortunate. I was living in Washington D.C., and I was there was a lot of Persian. By the way, a large Persian community there, also also Indian community. And mm-hmm. I was fortunate to learn from a an Indian fellow there named Kilton. He was from Manipur, and he taught me their style of club swinging, which is different than the Persians. He was a lighter... Cl- it's just different. There's variations. I mean, we're going to talk about movement here in a moment, but mm-hmm. th- it's different. And it has a flavor of its own. But again, it all all these things are tied back to the combat. The push-ups that they did on the Shenna. From what I'm told, now, different people tell me different things. Not everybody will agree. That's fine. As you say, Ron, everybody's just a source. And like I jokingly tell you, of course, (laughs) is go to the library and pick out your favorite book. Or what is the best book? Well, there is no such thing. Right. They're just sources. Right. So I'm just another source. I like to think that I've collected, done my due diligence and collected as much as I can. So each individual I see, and I'm like, oh, I've just about seen everything, that I'll meet another guy, and he'll show me something A little tweak on a Mm push-up, bending the knees, a little tweak on the club, the speed at which he turns, or throwing him and spinning him in the air, you know, just more exotic, I guess, movement, window dressing, I guess. But everybody has a little different take on what it is. And of course, you add your own personality. So when you're learning the clubs in the early on stages, as we spoke a moment ago, first you observe. And see what everybody else is doing, what makes sense for you. Then you pick up the clubs and you experiment and you actually do your own, they say, learning, excuse me, knowledge begins with the teacher, learning begins with the student. So what you do is then you begin to see which muscle groups. And I like to think from my past experience of 35 years of animal training that I know a way to break down the material as the most finite pieces. And then what we call it in operating conditioning, chain those things together. So I teach you five basic movements, and then from there, we chain those together. From there, there's variations. So you first observe, then you practice, and then what I encourage everybody to do is please go ahead then and experiment and come up with your own, give it your own flavor, your own signature, make it your
0: own. There's definitely not... There, there's no one way to do clubs or fitness or, or eat, you know, it, there are variations. What I like about army system, again, this is a uh, army McGuire, of is his website. And we'll, we'll spell all that out at the end of the show for everyone, uh, is how you're able to break those steps down and simplify it. Because Indian club swinging can be very three-dimensional and a lot of people aren't used to moving in, in circular patterns. Uh, it's very good for the brain and the body, and it's a little bit foreign for uh, Westerners, I think, at times. And I, I was really struggling with it. But within about 10 or 15 minutes of working with Army, I was picking up on the basics, and it really it really got me going in the right direction. So, um, you know, I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Army in the show is because he's very, very good at breaking things down and, and the simplification of something that can be a little... Intimidating. I know I've talked to many people around the country that tried to get into clubs. It was kind of frustrating. They they couldn't figure it out. So anyway,
1: well maybe I'll. Sh- well, right now what I'd like to do, I'll just share a couple of things that you can do if you decide that you want to even attempt this or get involved with it. Or look, you can go online and look at YouTube. There are so many people doing this now. It's there's thousands and thousands of videos. I believe
0: the human pet tricks. Yeah, at times, and I he jokingly <laughs> calls them human pet tricks.
1: And But the bottom line is this, is we want to be healthy. You know, we jokingly say to each other in a friendly way, deep wellness. You know, it's not just about what you physically do. It's the attitude you bring to the exercise, the state of mind, the fact that you're sharing, that you're contributing. There's three kinds of people, dependent, independent, and contributors. We want to contribute. We don't just want to show off and be independent. We, we want to share and help others to achieve the fitness or the deep wellness that we enjoy. Ron, you have a great expression and it's, what do they do when you're not in the room? I mean, I can teach you a hundred different movements, but you're not going to use them all. They're, it's impossible. you know. There's, there's all these forms of exercise equipment and you see literally hundreds of spinoffs, again, human pet tricks, different things. Well, if you could do that, we could do this. If you do this, you could do that. But look, there's only four or five movements you really need. When you're moving the clubs, You're going to move them out in front of you or into your body on the sagittal plane, or you're going to move them out to the side. But it's multi-planular when you start to to move them in the circular movements. So this is what makes it unique, different than many other form of exercises that are in vogue right now, or even the old time, you know, uh, deadlifts and whatever. Yes, there's value in all that, but I also caution people. I just had my 59th birthday and I'm healthy, thank God. But I tell people or try to explain to them, say, look, don't lift heavy, lift smart. You don't want to go after the biggest, heaviest weights. If that's what your goal is, wonderful, fine, dandy. But for me personally, it's about the deep wellness. So I pick up the clubs every day. I use them every day. It's not just something I'm peddling. It's, it's something that I use. I use it to expand my chest for breathing because Your breath is your life. And I do a lot of, I mix pranayama breathing or breathing exercises from, and again, I got all this from the kushti or from the Indian wrestling. People think the breathing was just for yoga. Well, yoga just means harmony. But the breathing is really important for general overall health. So I use the clubs in that way. There's three or four different ways you can use the clubs. You can either move the clubs at your wrist, you can move them at your elbow, or you can move them at your shoulder you can either move them together or you can move them separate you can move them in the same direction or the opposite so i basically just told you every single thing you can do with a club
0: yeah and there's a lot of variations and and uh, for those of the <laughs> maybe we got some heavy uh, lifters listening thinking that oh well this army guy must be kind of wimpy cuz he said don't lift a lot of heavy stuff i'll be perfectly honest with you i know a lot of people around the country in strength and conditioning and Army's the strongest, fastest, most violently explosive person I've ever seen in my life, you know? But but not recklessly, it's it's a precision like in Belinda walk where you could take the wings off of a fly. He has precision, he moves well, and he's extremely strong and fast. And you know, when you to me it's all about, you know, the real world of, of strength and conditioning or wellness. What works with real people, what what works out of the gym? And I know watching Army work with the self-defense Movements that he gets from the clubs and takes into that the combative end of it, uh, it's definitely for real. So um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in what he's saying. Uh, he's strong and he's fast and he can he can move. So
1: well, I appreciate I really appreciate the compliment. But the bottom line is this: is that you know for the average person, you know I don't belong to a lot of gyms. I am a member of a group called Balintawak. He mentioned that a moment ago, which teaches stick fighting. It's an Arnis. It's from the Philippines. I've been doing Arnie's for, I don't know, over 35 years, maybe close to 40 now. But at <laughs> any rate, I'm telling my age, but I started a martial arts over 40 years ago. But at any rate, it, I worked on the circus for many years and got strong just doing physical labor. But when it comes to the average person, you know, look, you go to a place and you become intimidated because you walk in and these people are throwing iron around, you know, in heavy weight. You have to rethink all that. The average person might not be into that, but we all sit in a chair in front of a computer. This is where the clubs can help. We all drive a car and sit on our keister right. driving the car. We all sit, it seems, way too much today, either watching television, on the computer, or on our vehicle. And if you watch what happens to the body when that's done is the abdomen just disappears, basically the musculature of it, Mm -hmm. and it extends. What I meant was it disappears as far as
0: the (laughs) musculature, the tone, the
1: definition, the core. The second thing is then we get our shoulders start to droop forward. It's called anterior tipping of the shoulders. The clubs will absolutely help with this, bar none, no question about it. Most of the guys I know that are boxers or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or MMA fighters even golfers, they all come to me with these complaints. They have problems with their shoulders. Most of the problems with the shoulders, not all, and I'm not a doctor, and I would never profess to be or have that knowledge. But I would say that from my personal experience, I had a frozen shoulder years ago. I fixed it myself by doing the clubs, mm-hmm. or I guess my body healed itself.
0: That's another point. I mean, you work with some very uh, high-end elite people. Uh Martial artists and MMA fighters, and and they've been pretty fascinated with, with the club swinging as well.
1: Once they see—again, I love Ed Thomas. I think he's wonderful. I think he's superb as far as what he did. He's one of the premier guys when it came to introducing clubs back into the United States. So we're here forever, and then it seems they fell out of favor, and he, there was a resurgence— but the thing I noticed that he wasn't doing was lifting heavier and heavier. And I'm not saying to lift heavier and heavier. I'm saying there was he was kind of limited to one to three to five pounds. When I got into this, I got into it kind of the back door. I started with heavier clubs first,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 10 pounds or heavier, and then got up to 20, 30, 40, at any rate. So I just had a different way of looking at it. I came and had to sort of re-engineer, reconstruct how the body was moving, what I was doing that was making or keeping the strength and making me stronger and releasing that shoulder. Boxers, a lot of guys, they end up injuring the shoulder. They don't know how to repair it. Lifting heavy weights, bench pressing isn't going to fix it. The, the muscles of the shoulder, if you'll buy any book online, go to Amazon and just look up shoulder rehab. There's hundreds of books. The bottom line is when you begin to read all these books, it's having the balanced approach or having a balanced tension work load, whatever amongst the top, the bottom, the left, the front and the back of the
0: shoulder right muscles right and to, to define this a little bit they they you know we we're talking about the light clubs one to two pounds, but the heavier clubs are called meals or M-E-E-L. Yeah. meals
1: or jodies and there's different names again right depending upon so
0: what what's the weight distinction when you go from an Indian club to a meal?
1: Well, you're limited in what you can do so it's sort of like me saying juggling a golf ball right if you juggled three small golf balls mm-hmm. is a lot different than three tennis balls sure. is a lot different than three shot puts that weigh 16 pounds well, each you're limited in what you can do the speed and what you can do right and the range of motion that's safe to the body
0: well what I meant is where where do people start stop calling it an Indian club and start calling it a meal is it at six pounds or eight because I know my that, my meals are eight and my Indian clubs are five
1: I was told by a guy that speak Farsi that he told me and I could be, and I'll probably be corrected on this but he was telling me that meal just meant wood
0: <laughs> so you know everybody
1: everybody's gonna tell you something different
0: well they're like, a different shape too they're longer right they're, so yeah.
1: when you originally opened the the program you were saying that, you know, these are sort of look like bowling pins. In fact, this is where bowling came from, from what I've read somewhere. And that mm-hmm. men used to get together in groups, practice with the clubs, and then they had a bocce ball or a ball. They'd stack up the clubs and start knocking them down. It, makes, of course sense. They did, it makes total sense. Yeah. And I believe they said this was in Germany. When you see the majority of people, when I got into this, there was very, very, very few people lifting heavy clubs. And I mean... Clubs, Indian clubs, wooden Indian clubs. There were people who were moving, they reinvented the name for a steel pipe and called it something else and we were swinging those. But that's not what I do. I don't have anything to do with that. I'm not against it. It's just not what I do. Uh, you look at it. At most of the books that were written, and they were written by British or Americans in English. There really aren't any books in India that I could find or Indian books or Persian books explaining in detail how to work the clubs.
0: Because they passed it down verbally, right? It's
1: one man that I learned from Mustafa. He was fifth generation. Mm-hmm. His family owned Zokanis Zokani's are called houses of power, houses of strength. Again, interpretation of who's telling you what it means.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's when they meant house of power, it wasn't just physical. It was an ideal, an idea of strength, courage, Men that associated or were um, uh, frequenting these places were called Palavans. In India, they're called Palawani's. So they again, you can see the similarity. There's mm-hmm. too many similarities. So this is why I try to embrace both instead, both cultures, if you will, right. rather than just say, "Oh, this is Persian. This is strictly Indian," because in Turkey. Some some of the people use clubs they call wrestling kushti. Mm-hmm. The name kind of ties it all together. Mm-hmm. The same thing with um, uh, the meals. Like if you go to Afghanistan, they have zirkanis. Pakistan, they have zirkanis. Mm-hmm. The, in Iran, they have zirkanis. Iraq, they have zirkanis. Now they're splitting out and there's a zirkani federation and now they're having competitions and whatever worldwide. Okay. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah, you mentioned something that it, it jogged my memory. I was talking to Ed Thomas a, a couple days ago, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the the deeper meaning of uh, physical movement. And he was explaining to me, and this is what you've been alluding to, basically, um, that if you think about Maslow's hierarchy and that self actualization, or what Plato used to write about, becoming a good citizen, having good character. You can't be the best person you can be just intellectually alone. It it has to be through some kind of physical journey or rite of passage. And I think that's one thing that the computer age is starting to miss out on. You can't be the best person you can be just by clicking a mouse all the time. There's something about the physical body and motion that gives people a, a deeper... Understanding it's not about the calories burning, the sweat, and oh, my shoulder feels better. There, there's as Army would say, um, deep, that deeper wellness. So it's just interesting to me. The interesting thing you bring up about that is, so look at the purpose
1: of men getting together at an a car at the, in India in a gym. Look at the purpose further than just exercise of the people getting together at the Zarkani. Mm-hmm. There was a brotherhood, a fraternity. It's a society. It's interacting. You're not doing that on the computer. I know know that people say, oh, I've got 6,000 friends on Facebook. You wouldn't know half those people if they walked down the street.
0: But you're still sitting alone in the computer. And you're sitting
1: (laughs) alone in a room in that stale, stagnant position. You're not interacting with people. I call it critical distance. You're not interacting with other individuals Mm -hmm. in an intimate way. Right. In fact, a guy recently told me, and I hope I can say this, said that the computer is the new bathroom wall. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing is, is that since you're so distant, you can, if you don't like what somebody else is doing, exercise wise, you can insult them. Right. If you don't like this, you can insult them. That's not what brotherhood's about. That's not what fraternity's about. That's not what promoting deep wellness mm-hmm. is about. Deep wellness has to do with how you present yourself in the community, how you present yourself to yourself, mm-hmm. the self-respect that you have. So, and it, let me get into this very quickly. When you go to the Zircanis, they give a man the term palavan. Palavan is really a probably one of the highest compliments that you can give somebody, other than saint maybe. But it's the concept of a palavan. Yes, they were men. They were pillars of the community. They would help the poor. They would give bread. I was told this—I'm sharing with you what I was taught. Mm-hmm. They would they would share bread with people in the street they would buy bread and pass it out to those that were needy. Who do you know at a gym that does that today? Oh, I that, mean, that's a good point. These guys, it wasn't, when you go to Japan or you studied, I studied Chinese martial arts. I'm a disciple under a 60 foot generation guy in that. Also, I'm also an instructor in Filipino martial arts. I've been doing this stuff a while. It's the character that was as, as important as the physical feats. There's an imbalance when you have people bragging about how much they can lift. Yes, a palavan would lift heavier than the average guy, usually in the circle that they have in the Zirkani, the, the leader will stand in the center, the moshed will play a drum to get a beat going, mm-hmm. to encourage the athletes, the participants, to increase or decrease the frequency of the repetitions. Mm. But the man in the middle sets the example Mm-hmm. The newer participants will look at the mushed. The mushed sits up high, like, like in a tabernacle in a church, like the choir, and sits up high, and you observe him, he'll, he'll sing, and those songs he's singing are about palavans. They're about men of old that performed these righteous deeds and acts, as well as defended the country and the religion. So it's a song of honor or tribute. Thing. That's exactly what it is. It's not just a guy going, you know, Allah, Allah, whatever. Here, you know? Here's
0: how much I can lift.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it's unfortunate. To me, character, the strength of character is equally—that's deep wellness again. Mm-hmm. It, it always keeps coming up. It's The strength of character is as important as the feet, the physical feats. A man could be considered a polyvon even if he did not perform at the highest level physically but his inward actions, outwardly displayed, were of good character.
0: I was in a little conversation yesterday with some people, and uh, a lady wrote in, or a, a man wrote in from Los Angeles, who is associated with the Muscle Beach era. And he was talking about Bill Pearl and uh, Vince's Jim, and, and it, you know if you're in the kind of L.A. Muscle Beach scene, you'll you'll recognize some of these names uh, from that kind of Jack Lane era. But... We were talking about the difference between gyms today and gyms of old, and the, it was the the personality or the character of the gym owner. It wasn't just a place to go exercise, and they were talking about the same type of thing we're talking about today. It, uh, and we experimented with that. We had a barbecue at our house a few weeks ago, and we experimented with this concept of inviting a bunch of people over to play in our pull-up bar and just do different exercises in front of each other and... and some of the people getting up there were children, some of them were just mind-blowing skilled athletes, um, or over 50 like me. And it was a, I don't know, it was a very unique experience. I've never been through anything like that, where people were just sharing and uh, respectful of each other and, and encouraging, and it was refreshing. So I think it's kind of a we're getting in, in some of that old-school stuff that needs to come back. But, and it would go right along with the renaissance of fitness that we're in right now, because if you're not aware, that's what we're going through. If you look at the Indian clubs, the kettlebells, the, the pull-up bar scene with the bar stars and the World Calisthenics Organization and people like that, these are all old things we're bringing back. They typically work better than a lot of the new technology-driven uh, exercises. Well, the thing about the club, the things that attracted me originally
1: was, A, when I first saw people doing it, when I started to research these books, I noticed that a lot of the guys had really gray hair, Mm -hmm. had to be in their 70s, 80s, or even 90s, and they were still doing the clubs. I don't know of anybody that's doing powerlifting.
0: That's a really Uh, on a regular
1: basis. I just met a guy three days ago. I walk my dog. I ride a bike every day. There's a number of other things I do. By the way, I Mm -hmm. don't just. I have a pull-up bar. I use bands every day. I also ride my bike, Mm -hmm. take my dog out two or three times a day. So the last time I just had a torn retina, I went to the doctor, and he said that my heartbeat was at you know at rest was at 50. So I guess that's fair. (laughs) So the bottom line is. You know, I'm not a nut, fanatical, crazy. This is not what I do for a living. It's this isn't, you know, I'm not a fitness coach like so many other people are or a personal trainer. I guess I am without a certificate. You know, I mean, I do this through experience.
0: Well, you've been doing it your whole life. basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I've either been training animals or people and most people I know are animals. So it's all <laughs> the same thing. But what attracted me to this was things that, that I admired were the character the longevity behind it, the fact you could do this throughout your entire life. I liked what the, the romantic notion that this was tied in historically, hundreds if not thousands of years old. Also liked the fact that it complemented, it wasn't contrary, but complemented all the martial arts, the stick, swinging the stick, boxing. You know, Then I, as I did more research, realized, gee, a lot of the old boxers used clubs. An old man that taught me is, you just talked to him the other day, named Dick Cardinal. He had over 6,000 matches. He was a wrestler in catch wrestling. He told me the man that trained him from Europe, Augie Sepp, he did the clubs every day. So as I began to get further and further into this, you know, and look more, it was amazing to me how many people were involved in clubs. So I, I'm, like I say, I'm 59 years old, probably stronger than I've ever been. I'm not a power lifter or any of that. I met a fellow the other day walking on my path down here when I was walking my dog and he was on a crutches, and he was the same age as me. And he had uh, torn rotocuffs and mm-hmm. torn knees, and we were discussing, I've had double knee replacement, you know, but I used to pick up baby elephants when I trained him. Right. He didn't. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, we, we were going back and forth, and I said, well, what messed up your shoulders? He goes, bench pressing. Right. He right. goes, lifting, heavy hip, and here we go again. So I didn't get in this detail, i like to touch on this very quickly, and that is, every old guy I spoke to In the different Sirkani's I visited, or the Persians I interacted with, every single one of them told me, "Do not lift heavy," meaning really, do not lift thirty and forty pound clubs. Hmm. You want to be able to do it comfortably, right? That's safe. When you're uncomfortable, I think you're pushing it to the the brink of possibly being unsafe. So when I see a lot of guys swinging, like what Ed Thomas teaches, is wonderful. But what I see some other people doing is they'll do try to do what Ed Thomas, the father of uh, Indian gloves, I guess, he they'll try to do what he's doing, but they're doing it with a 25-pound steel right. piece of pipe, right. and it's reckless. They're right. not controlling it all the way
0: through the movement. Yeah, you guys need to get on Army's uh, website, ageofstrength.com, and check out some of his videos. I mean... I mean I've seen you swing the heavy clubs too. You you've got some 35 40 pounds clubs, but you're very smooth with them. You know, that's fresh practice. Yeah, I mean obviously you've done a lot of reps, but uh, my heavy clubs are 10 pounds, and I'm I'm still a neophyte at it. But. Well,
1: would you you know I, I think it's something that a guy named Danny Nasanto told me years ago. We were talking about martial arts and he said something effective there's combative and there's compliant energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go to jiu-jitsu schools early on. I'm going to get to the clubs and why this is important and Guys would just they just try to beat you. They're just trying to one up you. Right. That's not sharing. Right. That's trying to undo you, mm-hmm. so to speak. That's
0: trying to best you. That's the independent there the we go character de- you're talking there about. There you yeah. go. The
1: independent. So you go from dependent first, you have to learn how to do whatever it is you're going to do. Right. Then you begin. But you get older, as you and I both know, and then mm-hmm. you sit and you go, I want to give back, I want to share, I want you know, these things I believe have value, and I think they can help other individuals. Mm-hmm. This is part again of the deep wellness. Right. I don't think deep wellness. I don't think there's much deep wellness as let me put an arm bar on you and pop your <laughs> pop your you know elbow joint or your ACL on your right. knee or whatever. Yeah. So the same thing with the the lifting if you start light do it in a friendly, safe, non-reckless way, you really can't go wrong and then start to increase the weight. Your body will find when you start going to heavier and heavier clubs where that position is with the elbows close to the body. Where that position is to be able to control the weight. When you when you're lifting too heavy, it's and you put push that club past your ear and it drops to the back. Believe me, you'll know right away that it's too much weight immediately.
0: Right. And the Indian clubs, I mean, you think about a, a one pound pair of Indian clubs. That's that's one of the most non-invasive tools I have uh, to help people with shoulders and corporate wellness. I mean, it's a one pound implement. It's very light, and there are ways to modify the swinging of them to make sure that people are safe and uh, and not you know going to do any damage or more damage.
1: I, I see, Ron, people all the time swinging a 45-pound club with one hand in this really large arcing movement, and they've invented all these new names for all this stuff. If you go back in history, where did most of the information that people are sharing with you today come from? It came from these old books. Keo and Spaulding mm-hmm. and all these old volumes that were written, who were they written by? The English, or people that m- migrated to um, the United States, but they're English-written books. Right. When the British took this art form from India, they only brought back a small modicum, a very small piece of it. They only brought back the small clubs, and they only brought back—when I say small, 10 pounds and less— most of what you see, are, it's done with two, three, one-pound clubs. Mm-hmm. The, yes, you'll see fives and you'll see pictures of guys who won world championships that are you know, swinging heavier clubs. But for the vast majority of gymnasiums, the old photos you see, you won't see any large clubs. Mm-hmm. You'll see smaller clubs. You'll also see it's all the British shape. Mm. And you'll also, I had a fellow from England who said to me, oh, you're doing this wrong. And I wait a second, you're British. <laughs> you guys exploited the Indian people from India. You exploited those people. You came back with only one small peat. How come you're not doing the push-ups? They call them Dons. Don means upper arm in, in Indian. Mm-hmm. So why aren't you doing, some people today, they've renamed it, they call them dive bombers, but that's a version of Hindu push-ups. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you doing the batiks, the, the squatting? You're only swinging... I see that most people today, when I see them swing clubs, are only moving their arms. Right. You should move the torso, the waist. You should drive the heavier clubs with the balls of your feet, with your feet. This is my view. You should turn the waist, and as Mustafa, the old man I mentioned earlier, five generations, his family went back teaching this. He said to me, massage your internal organs. That's a really, really... A light bulb went off when I heard that. You can imagine... You've seen the old breathing from Maxell and all those guys from 50, 100 years ago. They're all doing that massage of the—you mm-hmm. know, this is—in Chinese Qigong, we do the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating how you flow through that. Now, w- with the heavy clubs, my 10-pound clubs, I, I'm not to that point yet. I'm, I'm still just working on the shoulder level of it. But that that next level would be, you know, getting those hips involved, and then that transfers— to martial arts because seeing you put down the clubs and then work on striking or grappling that's how you move your body you initiate out of that hip and core area and just to we've been talking about the history of clubs for those of you that don't know uh, back in the late 1800s early 1900s Indian clubs were hugely popular in America I mean there were there were tens of thousands of clubs all over the country the YMCAs the churches uh, the school systems the military academies I mean Teddy Roosevelt used clubs. I mean, Indian clubs were predominantly found in gymnasiums all over the United States. Uh, and then when the organized sport programs came in, like baseball, you know, basketball, football, a lot of that kind of gymnastics, uh, the ropes and the the ladders and the clubs and and those types of things went outside and kind of fell out of favor. They they were there, like you said, but they've been really distant until the last Wh- few years. What is
1: funny is you mentioned ropes. Where do you think that came from? India. Mm-hmm. They called them malachams. There were many, many different types of malacoms, But you mentioned ladders. Where did that come from? India. I mean, if you really do the research,
0: you'll find out that all this stuff that everybody thinks is new or stone lifting. Well, Persia was the center of the world for generations. I mean, that was where everything happened, right? I mean, that was my understanding.
1: That in India and yeah. India's. I don't know. You. It's funny when you start. Again, we don't want to get off into a tangent on this, but when you look into martial arts and you look at all that, Kaladi Payatu in the southern part of India, Kerala, around there, that's where everybody will tell you, not everybody, but the majority of people that I've met who are well-educated in this will tell you that was the seat, the, the origin mm-hmm. of more advanced martial arts. Granted, let's be honest, anybody at any time in their life, thousands of years ago, got in a jam, what would you do? Pick up a rock? You, then you pick up a club, <laughs> a, you grab the tree yeah. limb. And it, so people started from there. And then of course, then you that's where you got spears and bows. And so it all ties in, but it's got such a rich culture. It's sort of, when you start doing the clubs, the people that get it, get it. And they're immediately just addicted to it. And then they they write me back, can I get a heavier pair? Mm-hmm. Once they learn the basic thing, if i you'll short circuit yourself if you start with two heavier clubs.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your clubs a little bit. We've uh, got a few more minutes here. We went through, wow, I mean, this has been fascinating. Went the, quick, the, didn't the, it? The history of the clubs, and that was one of the things I really wanted to bring out is to validate how um, these tools should be used today, not just for people to get strong and combative and, and be a great martial artist or be able to defend their family, but you know, if you've got a sore shoulder, it's, it's not a bad way to go. But your, your company, agelessstrength.com, uh, you have started making your own clubs here the last couple of years, and really kicked that up the last uh, few months. You've, you're selling clubs like hotcakes, and uh, they're absolutely beautiful. We'll put some photos up on the the post here when we when we get it up, and all the contacts to Army. But uh, briefly explain like what's going on with with your your brand of clubs. You've got light clubs, and they go to how many pounds, and then what what are the general prices so the the folks can kind of know what's up. It- Again, it's like anything else. You, it's.
1: I started this because I couldn't find anywhere. I was associated with a company briefly that started making the heavier clubs. And one day I just got a call out of the blue and they're like, sorry, we can't, we can't give you the 30% anymore that we were giving you. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just start making my own. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I'd already been into this for a few years and I've probably had a website presence for, I don't know, eight or nine years, mm-hmm. but i um, been doing this for a lot longer than that. And got into this originally because somebody said, you know, I was teaching a local fella here who trains a bunch of MMA fighters. And he said, man, this is amazing. How come you, how come more people don't know? And then our friend, Mike Krivko, who was out here for the Wounded Warrior Project, right? He asked me more about it. He's very, very big into kettlebells and wanted something to complement that. So for the uh, flexibility and all that. So I went ahead and, and started making videos in my literally in my living room. And he's like, man, this is great stuff. How come you don't, so, I went ahead and just did an experimental video, my introduction one, DVD. I'm dating myself, mm-hmm. DVD. And uh, it took off from there. And only in the last year and a half or so, and now I'm so busy, I can't, I, I can hardly make the things fast enough. I think it's just that website presence. A lot of people are discovering them and they eventually end up on my site. I have more information there with old photos displaying what how they were used and different individuals using them and try to make it a little bit historic. Right. The information. Now I make a one pound pair of clubs out of Oak. They start at $55 a pair. And it got to understand all this stuff that I make, it's custom done. This right. I don't turn this in my garage. Mm -hmm. I had to go to somebody locally here in LA, a company that had over 50 years of experience turning wood. And they did the prototypes. Then I go to another company over in the western part of the, excuse me, the eastern part of the state, and they turn the volume. But I I have over 38 different um, clubs in my collection, so I'll take an idea of I like this handle, but I like this body. I like this body. This doesn't swing well. This swing's better. Right. This is better for a guy with a larger hand, smaller hand. And so I had to kind of come up with,
0: yeah, these are these are your own design of clubs yeah. based on literally dozens of clubs and probably thousands of resources that you've looked at. He uh, armies of when he does anything he goes like all the way into it, man. <laughs> this guy will read everything he can find. So the clubs are very unique, they're extremely high quality. I mean, I don't care what size you pick, they're going to be nice, right?
1: Well, but they're, they're all the custom done when the guy so I go to the larger club so I have one pair pound, a, a 2 pound pair mm-hmm. um then I go to 3.6, and that's a new version I just came out with. People kept asking me, do you have larger, larger, larger? So I went to larger, because I actually just had one and two, then I jumped up to 14, and then up to 25. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, I need something kind of in, in between. So right. I took an antique pair that I have. Mm-hmm. They're really nice, and I love that old antique style of handle, and mm-hmm. I call them the classic. And I went ahead and had them duplicate that, but I made the base a little bigger so they don't fall over as easy. Right. So I modified things that were... They used to have racks they used to hang them up on. Well, I doubt that very many people at home have a rack that they hang their clubs on. Mm-hmm. I don't even have one yet. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on making one. but So I have the 3.5. I have a guy right now. They're making the fives. I haven't even seen him yet. Mm. I gave them the ideas of what I want. I'm going to go get those. But then I make three other... I make two pairs of meals. Meals just mean it's a Persian version of it, if you will.
0: It's a larger club, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: a larger club. And they're, I believe they're 12 to, let me think, 12 to 14 pounds somewhere. I make an Indian version that's like 14 pounds. It's a jury. Mm-hmm. That's a shape. It's more straight up and down rather than pin-shaped, Okay. bowling-shaped. And then I make two larger meals, 18 and 25. Mm-hmm. Most people... Forget about the 25. It's not even worth Don't even entertain that till you've gone through the 14, 18s. I yeah, mean, it's just
0: good luck in finding a club that size anywhere else. I mean, you just can't find this stuff. And, and I, I know everybody's going to say, oh, well, I can just make my own. I know this guy yeah. that has a lay. That, trust me, man. I've watched Army suffer through this process for years. It takes a lot of work and money to set up lays to turn a volume of clubs. You might make one pair in your garage, and they might be okay, but we're talking about... Go on
1: eBay. Well, Go on eBay and look what other people are making.
0: I mean, this is really intricate stuff, and you have to have them the same weight, and they have to have uniformity. And When you know. I first
1: started collecting these clubs 10, 12 years ago, when I really got into this and started just collecting them, I started probably over 15 years ago, but then when I started collecting them, the first pair of meals I ever purchased, I found them in a Persian market, in a store, really? outside of Washington D.C., and the guy happened to have them there. And I'm like, "Are those for sale?" I mean, I've been looking for these for like three years and couldn't find them anywhere. Hmm. So, the guy sold them to me for 300 bucks, and they're a piece of garbage. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> the way they're turned, they yeah. have the handles are put in separate. My handles go all the way through the whole the whole club. Hmm. They're laminated, and what that means is the glue is there, there's glue applied to the wood it's planed then glued and then they're put in a clamp where there's at least 3 tons
0: mm-hmm.
1: tons of weight it's a hydraulic clamp the blocks of wood are clamped together for a day mm. to make sure that they never come apart right then they're taken out and then they're turned but each one is individually put in the machine and turned and it's, believe me.
0: It's a lot of work. It's yeah. done
1: with a $250,000 machine. That's a quarter of a million dollar machine. It's done with a laser. It's a stylus mm-hmm. that traces the shape I came up with and does it exact. When you buy Persian clubs, I promise you, you'll never find two that are exactly the same. They just aren't. Right, right. They just, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. So the weight sometimes will be a little bit off. It's not going to matter if it's a, a pound or whatever when you're talking about a 25-pound right, club. Right, right. You know, when you get down to the littler clubs, like my one-pound clubs are made from a piece of wood. They aren't laminated. The twos, I have to. Mm -hmm. But it actually, this is something interesting, maybe your viewers don't know this, is that it's, um, when you glue it together, it's actually stronger than the wood itself. Where it is actually glued, it's stronger than the wood by itself. Really? If you look at a piece of plywood, you know, and Mm -hmm. you look, the strongest part is where it's glued. Okay. You know the way they press it together, right? But that's something interesting. You, I, st- I went to every Persian I know and asked him, "Can you bring me?" Every one of them, oh, yes, I get you a club. i bidding back in with my rugs
0: when I'm bidding the rugs back. <laughs> Not one guy's ever done it. Yeah, so you just did it yourself. You yeah. used
1: to be able to bring them back. You used to, on a rare, rare, rare occasion, uh-huh. you'd be able. I've been to probably 15 Persian stores in this area, in L.A. area, and have never, never seen a pair of clubs. Wow. Can't, you can't find them.
0: Wow, interesting. So
1: they'll all tell you, oh, yeah, in my country, I get that so cheap. And I'm like, great, bring me back six pairs. I'll buy them from you right now. Yeah. Never once has anybody done it. Harder even to find the thing I mentioned earlier, the Day, or the Sang. Sang are shields. Remember, mm-hmm. I was mentioning there are different implements. Right. You can't even find them. I mean, they weigh 40, 50 pounds each. They're half the size of a sheet of plywood. How are you going to put that in your suitcase and bring it back? Right. You'd have
0: to bring it back in a container. That's what I was saying. You, you just won't see this stuff unless you know Army and come over and look at it. <laughs> and there are other
1: people making wooden clubs. Yeah. Um, there, were people that, there are people that make plastic clubs or ABS, and there's that, they're fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you go into the beach and you want to throw a pair and you're, you're going to leave them in your car for an extended period of time or you're going to train a large, large group of people and you need 20 sets mm-hmm. and you're going to throw them into a, a bag when you're done mm-hmm. and you don't care about them getting chipped or cracked or, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you want a pair for your own personal use, in your home that you treasure.
0: Right. And pass down.
1: Yeah. The other ones you're not going to really treasure them. You're going to throw them in the corner. And right. by the way, there's nothing wrong. I'll tell you another idea you can do if you want to learn and you absolutely do not have any clubs, take a wooden dowel, file it down, take a water bottle, fill it with sand, and shove the dowel in the end and tape it with duct tape. I mean that's one way you can get started with your own one pair of clubs. To get a water bottle, we all have those and right. today unfortunately yeah. too many people have them. Yeah. And uh and you know, just put a stick in the end of it, piece of PVC.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy. But if you want, if you want something really nice, uh, I'd I'd really invite you to go to Army's site and check that out. And you have uh, a couple DVDs there on tutorials. I'm getting ready for sale, to sale, do- and then some free yeah. stuff too. A lot of free stuff, you know.
1: I I I did a um, the first one is introduction to club swinging combines heavier clubs. And light clubs. It's, sort of, it's just what it says. It's an introduction. It shows you the five. I break it down into five basic movements, how to do those, mm-hmm. and then how to progress. It has a little bit of the history of how clubs are made, this and that and the other. The second DVD is 90 minutes long. It's really long. Mm-hmm. And there's more information there than you'll need in four lifetimes. But I get more into or actually into great detail on stretching the shoulder right. before you start to do the clubs. Mm-hmm. And that also into complex movements. Right so yeah.
0: 3 dimensional stuff. So anyway, it's uh Army's website is agelessstrength.com and that's spelled a g e l e s s t r e n g t h.com. So it's ageless with two s's and he's in Redondo Beach. If you want to reach him his phone number is 310-387-5055 and his email contacts on his website and uh, there's a there's a quote on your homepage and uh, you call yourself age of strength body by nature and then uh, this is by gandhi strength does not come from physical capacity it comes from an indomitable will so uh, i hope you got some of that today on the show and uh, we'll have to do some more with army and please uh, explore his products uh, very high quality and and tutorials are very informational and it's more than just fitness you get you get something, and
1: I encourage it. anybody if if you just if you're curious about it, you want to know a little bit more about it. You don't you, don't be embarrassed to call me. I mean, or, or hesitate because I enjoy sharing all this, and c- again, being a contributor as Ron does. And the big thing is is just that we get as much out of this life that we're here and fulfill our potential. And if the clubs can help you do that, then
0: wonderful. Yeah, it's a great way to uh, not only get your shoulders feeling better, but probably your brain as well. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to The Lean Braves Radio Show at TheLeanBraves.com. Music today provided by Rush. Until next time, keep moving. No excuses.